welcome to the 100k freelancer podcast it's just a couple of blokes letting you know how you can make money being a freelancer my name's niall mccorn right here in the united kingdom in sunny but cold manchester and there's also a sunny and cold location in spain jacob brickle is in barcelona hello jb how are you mate hello 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 i'm good i'm good uh came here for the sun and enjoying the rain but yeah other than that i'm all good Now, we're part of the 100K Freelancer Club and all you need to do to join our journey is to go to 100kfreelancerclub.com. You can join our fully comprehensive course where we teach you how to become a high-earning freelancer. New content and lessons, we're going to add that monthly from us and some of the most successful freelancers from around the world are going to be joining us as well and use the code 100k podcast for 15 percent off of your membership fee you can also join our community of freelancers in our private facebook and discord group and go and give us a follow on social media at 100k freelancer club on instagram or twitter where we will be delivering to you exclusive content and advice and of course drop us any questions you might have as well on twitter at 100k freelancer club but that's basically the reason we're here and we'll go into that into a little bit more detail as the podcast progresses but as we said before my name's niall over in barcelona is jacob we've been friends since school probably what since we were about 11 12 years old jb something like that yep and that uh makes me dread to think about how old we actually are now but yeah it's been (laughs) years it has been years a long time it's been a long time and in those years that we've known each other, we've gone from having employed jobs to being self-employed. and we, We've done pretty much everything you can think of in terms of trying to make money. But we've both found a way to make money as freelancers, at least we have done in the past few years. And we were thinking, I tell you what, no one ever taught us how to be successful at freelancing. We kind of had to do it ourselves, didn't we? We kind of had to figure it out when we left school or left uni, whatever it might be how to make money and how to make the most out of our skills so hopefully in this episode of the podcast you'll get to know us a little bit better and you'll probably figure out a few things about why we decided to be freelancers um so we grew up in a in a small market town in wiltshire called melksham and the school we went to has now been shut down hasn't it jb so <laughs> that goes to yep, show r.i.p george ward r.i.p the george ward school if anyone knows it fair play but obviously that didn't stop us from from trying to be successful and make something of our lives you've got a background in business you've got a background in uh technology and you sort of blend those two things to make yourself a successful self-employed worker for me i've got a background in radio and broadcasting I still work in radio now and podcasting as well funnily enough so that's how I make my living but when when did you first start thinking you know I'm, I'm a freelancer because when I started it it was almost like you d- I didn't realize I was a freelancer until maybe someone just said oh so you work freelance do you and I was a bit like yeah I, I guess I do so where did that journey start for you mate where did it sort of begin well for me it was never the term freelancer I probably didn't hear that word until like a year into essentially being uh, self-employed so what it was uh, I was working at a small marketing company in uh, Bournemouth where I was at university and I'd done uh, a placement there for six weeks over the summer after my um, first year Uh, and then when I went back to uni I needed a bit of money so I wrote to these guys and said look can I come back to the company Uh, I had a really good time working with you guys I think I can do you know this 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 and this uh, in this role and uh, basically, when I went back, yeah, they offered me minimum wage, which at the time was, I think, for an under 21, so 
between 18 and 21 it's like five pounds 50 an hour yeah but i took it because i didn't want to work in a supermarket and yeah. uh, i enjoyed the people i enjoyed the company after a few months of working there i'd been working on a lot of stuff and this is where i found out where i wanted to go in my career so i started working on things like websites digital marketing uh, and a lot of digital design for the company and i started to get a lot of praise uh, for the work i'd been doing with the company uh, and this was on a small business park as well um, so basically other people uh, would come into the offices all the time from these other companies and mm. you know we'd speak about the work we've been doing it was a nice little community uh, but I started to uh, receive quite a lot of praise for the work I'd been doing and I'd been running some quite successful marketing campaigns as well and this was starting to pick up you know a little bit of traction in the business park people were asking me you know how I did it uh, and then it got around to people were asking me can I do it for them and I felt a bit awkward in this situation because obviously I was employed um, to this uh, marketing company sure uh, and I had other companies asking me can you do that for me so this isn't something I'd never really thought about before and I didn't want to like you know breach any contracts and you or, were still quite young uh, as well like being just sort of 18 years old you kind of a bit like well you know no one's ever asked me to do this before so so what do I actually do yeah exactly so um, this was all brand new to me uh, and obviously I didn't want to like step on anybody's toes on a personal level yeah. uh, like my colleagues or the business owner uh, and I would definitely did not want to cross any boundaries on a legal level uh, like breaking like the terms of my contract with the company by working with other companies, maybe even companies in direct competition. Uh, so what I did was um, I knew I wanted to work on some of the projects that people uh, had been offering me. Mm. Uh, and I knew I wanted to make more than minimum wage, obviously. So um, I gained a bit of confidence from all the praise I've been given from the work I was doing. And I put together a little proposal, a little contract myself and said to this company, I was like, you know, I, I really want to continue working with you guys. I've had a load of great offers from other companies as well, but you know, I, you know, I really want to keep working with you guys. So I'd like to basically continue, but on a self-employed contract. And I basically took a leap of faith and said, you know, I want to work at uh, this rate a month. So I might have moved it up to like £9 an hour, which was almost double the rate I was earning, uh, and put myself out there. And that actually paid off for me. Um, so it was basically to do, you know, with the confidence that I'd gained from all the praise and stuff like yeah. that and wanting to work with these other companies that made me take the step to being self-employed. But that is how I got into it. Um, how was uh, how was your experience? Yeah, my, my experience was slightly different um, and just wanted to build on what you just said there about taking a leap of faith. I think there's a lot of people probably who might listen to this podcast who think, well, I'm thinking about going freelance full time or I'm currently sort of sort of half employed or part time employed and I'm thinking about maybe doing a little bit more of the self-employed stuff. And I think the 100K Freelancer Club, that's our aim, really, isn't it? To try and get people to to be confident in their abilities and not to undersell themselves. And we're going to give you advice if you're listening to this about how you can try and make this a successful venture for you, whether that's help with accounting, which... I didn't have a clue with. I don't know about you, Jacob. I had no idea about accounting when I first started being oh, a freelancer. Oh, invoicing, um, managing your finances, not even just managing your finances, but making investments here and there, marketing, even your mental health. There's lots of things that go into working for yourself because, of course, when you're self-employed, you don't get holiday pay. You don't get sick pay. So there are some pros and cons, which we'll go into in another podcast. But for me, my sort of first realization that I was a freelancer was was by complete mistake so I've always sort of worked in radio I've done it since I was young I've been quite lucky I, I quite enjoy sort of having my voice heard really I work in football broadcasting basically or radio broadcasting 
I bagged an internship with the BBC, which is amazing. But I'd been working for free for two or three years, just volunteering at local stations, working on student radio, which is, of course, unpaid. And even this internship was unpaid. It was just to gain some experience over a few weeks in the summer a few years ago. So once I graduated from uni, pretty much the day of my graduation, I got a phone call from... um, the editor of the BBC station that I was doing the internship for saying, listen, we need some help with some casual work. Do you want to come in and and do some shifts for us? And without even thinking, I just went, yeah, of course. But I didn't realise about how I was going to get paid or how much I was going to get paid. And at the end of the day, they told me how much my wages were or how much I was getting paid per hour. That's how it worked. I won't disclose the information because I don't think that's right. But they were telling me, basically, this is what you're going to get paid. And I was a bit like, okay, fair enough. And then it it dawned on me when someone said, so you're working freelance, but you're not setting your own wage or setting your own tariff in terms of how much you should be paid, which I thought, actually, that's a very interesting point. Anyway, I plugged away doing that. And um, the the way it worked, because it was uh, pay as you earn, P-A-Y-E, that's a very common way of of earning money in the UK. And um, it was only when I started working for Portsmouth Football Club as well on the side and another radio station down in Portsmouth, as well as the BBC stuff, that I realised, well, hang on a sec, I've got all of these different clients here, but I don't really know what I'm doing with it. And that's when I realised I was sort of a a fully-fledged freelancer. I didn't have a contract. They could have dropped me at any moment. I wasn't so sure about what I was doing with my money. I didn't know you know, when my invoices were going to be paid because I didn't really know what I was doing. I was kind of just invoicing irregularly. I wasn't invoicing on the first of the month or the 10th of the month or whatever it might be. I was just kind of sending them willy nilly, if you know what I mean. And that's when I sort of realised that maybe I needed a bit of advice. And it was really difficult to find that advice because there weren't too many people who were sort of 20 years old, fresh out of university, thinking, how am I going to make money doing this? How do I be a freelancer? There was no real tools online that I could figure out how to do it. So hopefully using my experience and your experience, we can help guide some people into into being successful freelancers and just taking that leap of faith, really, like you just said, is, is a really important thing to do. And I think being brave is an important step, but you've got to be confident at the same time that you can make it work. If you're, if you're not 100% in your own ability that you can't make it work, it's going to be really tough for you. But for me, I realised that I was a sort of a, a fully fledged freelancer freelancer um, when I was sort of picking up more than one or two clients and I thought well hang on a sec this is a small business I'm running now and people are actually investing in me and my voice and how I sound on the radio and how I sound at a football match commentating or reporting that's kind of how I how I make money I'm I'm an asset in myself my skills are an asset so that's when I kind of realized that I was sort of wanted uh, as a freelancer but again it was that whole thing of what do I do when it comes to the end of the month or the end of January? Sorry, and you hear you must have your tax return done by the end of January. Otherwise, we're going to come after you. You know, the old HMRC messages you get on the telly, oh, yeah. you know, too familiar, too with, familiar them. with them, of course. <laughs> um, but, you know, you get them and you think, oh, God, does that apply to me? How much do I need to be earning before I pay tax? I mean, do I have to pay national insurance? Am I going to get caught by the tax man because I haven't paid any tax because I haven't declared it? Stuff like that that you're kind of a bit like, mm, I'm not so sure. So, I mean, some of the companies I've worked for have been pretty big companies, but they're they're quite content to, to let you just sort of trundle along doing your work without really you standing up for yourself and saying, you know what, I'm worth this. And if you think I'm good enough, you should pay me this. And I don't know how you found it in terms of when you were sort of working for multiple companies, like you were saying, when you were a bit younger at university. What made you make that decision, JB, to go okay, I'm going to set my own tariffs, I'm going to set my own fee. Because for me, it took me a good couple of years of being a freelancer before I realised I can actually set my own fee. 
Yeah, well, for me, it was more the fact that I was pissed off of getting, um, like, minimum wage. Like, yeah. uh, th- there's a lot of jobs out there that pay more than minimum wage when they're really simple work. Like, I'm not trying to, like, talk the jobs down or anything like that if you do work there at the moment. But, like, when I worked at places like Asda and Tesco's, I was getting a lot more than the minimum wage. Um, obviously, the job's not that fulfilling. So when you do go to a job in the field that you're interested in whether whether that be graphic design or marketing or stuff like that sometimes you are willing to take uh, a bit of a wage cut mm. um but just knowing that i was uh doing a good job and you know other people wanted me the basic supply and demand i just put myself out there i said you know i want to raise my price i want to be earning more money and i believe that my time is worth more than this um so just by putting myself out there i was able to earn that extra you know dollar per hour and I think something that I did moving forward was I set targets for myself so yeah I want to be earning x amount per hour when I've completed say 10 freelance projects well that's interesting were you your targets then set purely on on the money you wanted to earn because for me some of my targets were kind of where I want to be and who I want to be working for and what sort of position I want to be in in terms of the ladder in my industry. So for you, were your targets very much financially driven? I would say all of my targets uh, were financially driven. I I think the difference between me and you was obviously you had ambition between, well, in your industry to achieve certain goals, whereas, uh, well, you work with uh, obviously larger national companies, Mm. uh, whereas in my experience, um, I've been working with a lot of small to medium-sized companies so most of the companies I work with will earn less than 25 million a year in revenue Mm -hmm. Uh, so they aren't like huge companies it's more of me going in helping them achieve their goal getting them to the next level and then me moving on to the next client Um, I, I, I like to go into smaller companies and help you know boost their profits, you know, boost the amount of money they're making online uh, through my, you know, design and marketing uh, and uh, stuff like that. So for me, yeah, the goal was solely financial. And then how do, you know, how do you value your own time? One, I look at the competition, who's charging what around me. It's often based off of years of experience, Mm. um, how good and how successful your portfolio is. Like I said before, I like to raise my hourly rate every 10 projects I complete. Just because there's a a nice quote, um, I'm probably not quoting this exactly and I can't remember who's it by. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Don't worry, it's not like journalism, you're not going to get in trouble for misquoting, don't worry about it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, um, but basically I see it on Twitter all the time and it's... Something like if it takes me 30 seconds to complete a project, but it took me 10 years to learn how to do it in 30 seconds, you owe me for the 10 years, not the 30 seconds. Um, which is a great way of looking at things. Obviously, we've spent yep. years and years and years, hours and hours and hours every single week perfecting our craft, being able yeah. to do it professionally oh. to the best of our ability do you ever look to do back it better at, than other people yeah do you ever look back at some of your old work and, and not and, well I cringe because obviously my body of work from even five six years ago it's my voice so you're listening back to yourself and you're thinking oh did I really say that I sound terrible yeah. I sound like the squeaky teenager off the Simpsons you know the one where it's always, that's how I sound sometimes I think but um, you talk about quotes there there's another one to be truly good at something you need to have 10,000 hours practice. So, you know, it's going to take you a long time to be good at what you're good at. But once you are at a certain level, you can start demanding more. And so, I mean, do you ever look back at some of your old work and think, OK, now I am worth 
what I'm worth because of the work that you've done before. There's always constant improvement. The more projects you do, you're always learning a lesson, aren't you? Every radio show that I present or every football match I go to, I'm always thinking, what can I do better? Or I might hear someone else on the radio and they might sound or do something in a certain way and I think, that's good. I'm going to take influence from that and think about how I can benefit myself moving forward. So do you ever look back at some of your old work and think, oh my God, what was I doing? Oh, 100%. Yeah, looking back at like the early days of my work, I always think to myself, oh, what was I thinking there? Why did I do that? Like, But, you know, you learn as you go along. Mm. And, uh, I think I'm always going to be looking back at my work and say, oh, why didn't I do that? Because you've like, got to learn. You've got to br- it's brick by brick, isn't it? You've got to kind of build build that up. I mean, if you if everyone started off absolutely amazing, then what's the point of this podcast? You know, the whole reason we're doing this podcast is to, to let people know what we've learned over the... That, you know the few years that we've been doing freelancing and how we've sort of developed ourselves to become decent at what we're doing so I think like you say you look back and you think oh god you better yourself and the more people that come to you and, and, and use you as a, as a supplier or, or a business then that's 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 a measure of success isn't it? Yeah exactly that is you know one of the only measurements of success that you're going to be able to have mm. as a freelancer is your past clients and your portfolio because otherwise how else are they going to measure that? There's no it's not like a degree you don't get a certificate to prove that you've been working for 10,000 hours over the last five years mm. the only thing that's going to show that is your testimonials your portfolio uh, and your old clients with freelancing what I've found is that when you're working as a freelancer the actual part of being a freelancer is a separate skill set completely from your field for example if you're a graphic designer you've obviously got all your skills of design a key eye for like shapes and stuff like that colors mm. you know mm. you've got your graphic design skill set mm. uh, and when you st- often when you start out as a freelancer that's all you think about is you know your graphic design skills how can you become a better graphic designer um, but working as a freelancer or working self-employed you really are just a micro business um, and you need a completely new skill set to be able to manage yourself manage your workload manage multiple client clients um, financing investments everything there is so much more that meets the eye than just a, a, a well to being a freelancer than just working a normal nine to five job. If you work a nine to five job, you rock up in the morning, you do your eight hours, you go home, you get a paycheck at the end of the month, everything's sorted for you. Being a freelancer, completely different, completely different. You have to plan every aspect of it. And uh, when I was first getting into freelance, I really struggled with the difference between business money and personal money. Sure. Um, So if your friend or, you know, your friends and family or you before have been working for a wage, you might get a two week project. So say you're fresh into um, working as a freelancer and you're worried you don't want to charge too much but you still want to make a bit of money uh, you don't want to charge too much to scare away the client let's say um, so you're really thinking about how to price things you get this then you work out it's going to be two weeks work so you think oh two weeks okay I'm used to getting paid 1500 a month uh, so I can just charge 750 for this um, but really that is no way near the amount that you need to be charging if you want to get that 1500 a month because you've got to think about the time it takes you to get clients the cost it gets, the, the cost of getting clients, so things like marketing, with for Facebook ads, Google ads, your time mm. going to networking events, your, you know, yeah. even just buying a drink at a networking event sure. is and, an expense. And, and also, it's almost like buying a car, you know, buying a second-hand car. You can always haggle. It's better to go too high and be knocked down and think, right, okay, if I start at 1000 and knock back to 900 I'm comfortable with that. And the actual, the client feels like they've saved a bit of money. And they've kind of earned a bit of a deal, whereas you're probably making more than um, what you, you know, you originally 
envisioned so there's kind of a way you can do it i mean there is a skill to it and i'm sure we'll go on to that in in later podcasts but i'm just conscious that we need to let the people know a little bit more about ourselves and what we enjoy and what we like to do in our spare time and, and bits and bobs so obviously outside of freelancing we do have social lives and, and and freelancing can often take over your lives can't it it can consume you there's been times where you're just absolutely wall to wall with work and it's hard to turn down as a freelancer because that is your income that is your bread and butter but sometimes you do need to just take a break so outside of your work what sort of things do you like to get up to i know you're a big gamer obviously yeah uh, i do love my gaming obviously fortnite at the moment <laughs> out there. he still you loves know, fortnite so come on <laughs> everyone's dream to be the next tifu um but yeah you know i do i, I do enjoy um you know a bit of gaming it's nice to like blow off some steam i like going out you know like everybody does drinks mm. with friends just bars you know, i live just by the beach here in barcelona which was one of my dreams so yeah i can just walk down to the beach and just yeah i just like living an easy lifestyle which is why i've managed to shape uh, my freelance career around the lifestyle that I want to live. And I know you're, you, you know, you're pretty similar. So tell us about yourself in that respect. Yeah, I do like going out. It, it's, there's nothing quite like spending time with mates and particularly considering sort of everyone we, we know that we grew up with all live in different parts of the world. You know, I, I'm in Manchester, you're in Barcelona. Um, we've got uh, friends in Bath, in Bournemouth, in Portsmouth, in different parts of the UK, some in South Korea, some in Canada. You know, we've got all sorts of different friends all over the world. So I try and enjoy as much as I can time with my mates. So I, I enjoy that. I do enjoy that. But I mean, obviously, football forms a big part of my career. But I'm a huge Portsmouth fan and I don't always get to go and cover Portsmouth. I used to work for the club. I was fortunate enough to work for the club and, and commentate for the club. Not so much now. I don't work for them anymore. But I can go to games as a supporter again, which is actually lovely. Um, so I love watching the football, going out and watching the football. Big uh, sort of music fan, heavy metal fan, massive heavy metal fan, which is actually quite a, a sort of, an, I wouldn't call it a dirty little secret, but not too many people know that about me. I mean, I don't, everyone says, oh, you like metal. You don't have the appearance of a metal fan, whatever that means. <laughs> so, um, so <laughs> well, yeah. to be fair, when you think of a metal fan, you think of long black hair, you know, leather jackets and stuff like that. And to be fair, I've had people say to me like, oh, Niall doesn't look like a bit of a metal fan. <laughs> I remember I texted you the other day asking you if uh, if you know any Russian metal music band. Yeah. Just because I thought you were the only guy that would know the answer. To that. <laughs> well, turns I actually, out you're not that into I know. metal. I <laughs> know. Well, I'm not that into Russian metal. Um, <laughs> uh, but I do, I mean, Metallica is my favourite band. I also love the grunge scene from the 90s. Bands like Alice in Chains, Stone Temple Pilots, Nirvana, Soundgarden, bands like that I'm, I'm big into. I like my music. I play guitar. I used to play in a band. Brother plays in a band. I play drums as well as guitar. So, I mean, I like to, that's what I like to do in my, in my spare time. Travelling as well, when I get the chance to, I like to go and take in different cultures and different countries and and there's lots of different places that I still need to go to that I haven't been to yet so obviously as being a freelancer you kind of need to make time to do the things you enjoy so how have you found that just um, as we sort of lead in towards the end of this podcast how have you found sort of setting aside time to have a break because when there's clients coming out of your ears which is obviously a very privileged position to be in there's a lot of freelancers that have a lot of time when they are searching for clients or don't have the regular clients uh, that some freelancers might have but when did you start thinking, right, I need to seriously start putting myself two weeks aside here, a couple of days there, just to kind of refresh and sort of give yourself a bit of a break and recharge the batteries? Because I think that is so important when you work in freelance. 
Oh, 100%. You know, the, the first time I realized that was a couple of years ago when I was reaching sort of a burnout stage. And it's that your work really starts to take an impact uh, when you're just not feeling 100%. You know, your creativity drops, your productivity drops. Mm. I was start, I was working 10-hour days, but on, on good days, I could do those 10 hours worth of work in about four hours. I was just becoming incredibly inefficient. And then I thought to myself, right, you know, I need a break. I need to take two weeks off just to recharge the batteries. And, you know, again, this is one of the things we're going to cover in a future podcast specifically is, you know, your mental health as a freelancer, uh, how to take care of yourself, how to know when to take a break, how to know when to, you know, put the laptop down or, you know, whatever it is you're working on and just work on yourself for a minute. Like I've, I've been in, you know, the opposite scenario as well. Like I, I've worked as a freelancer for years. So I've been mm. in um, every sort of state of mind when it comes to uh, vacation. I've been taking too many vacations because I feel like I've got all the freedom in the world. And then that leads to a lot of stress when I'm trying to, you know, chase up on all the potential money I've missed, uh, you know, because we've all got bills to pay. Sure. Um, I've been on, you know, I haven't had a break in, in a year and it's really put me in a stressful situation. I, I, I felt stressed. And like I said, my pro productivity's dropped and stuff like that mm. and then I've also been in states of mind where um, I've been working so much on um, projects that I forget to leave the house or leave the office space that I'm working in and actually go and socialize that's one of the dangers of being a freelancer is that yeah often you know the term freelance you're working on your own so you're doing these private 100%. contracts for private companies yeah um, and you're not actually getting any you know one-on-one -on -one time with anybody or you're not seeing anybody you have no co-workers sometimes yeah. um so unless you put the effort in with your friends you know it can sure. become a bit of a slippery slope and you just end up sitting in your room all day well that's you it you might be making good money but you're sliding in terms of like your social skills and mm -hmm. how much like enjoyment you're getting out of your life as well as like the career um but yeah there's a lot that we're going to cover on that in uh, a future episode yeah. of the podcast but if you do have any questions uh specifically about that or any other questions in terms of you know freelance work then just reach out to us on twitter at 100k freelancer club yeah definitely and as you say for a lot of people their office so to speak will be their living space it'll be the same place where they go to sleep the same place where they eat the dinner so it's important sometimes if you've got a laptop just to go and change the scenery up a bit. Go to a cafe, go to a pub, go and sit in the park if it's a sunny day and you've got a dongle or something and you've got Wi-Fi you can use. Sometimes just changing the scenery up can really refresh your brain and, and refresh your creative juices, which is really important because you don't want to be holed up and get cabin fever in the same office for days and days and days. That can be that can be quite quite dangerous in terms of productivity so i totally see what you're saying there but obviously the reason we're here is to talk about this 100k freelancer club we've mentioned it a few times but let's kind of go down into the details a little bit more now jb because we wanted to sort of use our experience as freelancers to try and help other people younger people older people doesn't matter who you are whether you're a freelancer in your 40s that's only just started going freelance or you're someone just like we were fresh out of university or even younger and you want to make a go of being self-employed we should have enough experience to really give people a platform to build on and give them the resources they need and when i say the resources they need it's in terms of things like marketing finding clients chasing up invoices sending invoices maybe you've never done one before so there's loads of different areas where we can try and help you 
And all you need to do is sign up to 100kfreelancerclub.com. It's a fully comprehensive course. So we're going to teach you everything we know about what we've learned in our careers and try and impart that knowledge onto you. And you can take that knowledge and hopefully build a successful business from that. There's so much to learn as a freelancer. And what you know, it is a dangerous leap of faith going from being employed to being a freelancer. And we want to make that transition as smooth as possible Mm. you know we don't want you to make the mistakes that we've made there's so many little things that you don't think about that we cover Um, even just the tiniest things like how to pay back your student loan as a freelancer just things that just there's you know a vast range of things that can catch you out just come around and bite you in the ass if you don't you know look out for them from the get-go so we basically cover everything that is to be in a freelancer like you said from marketing, getting clients, you know, all that sort of stuff you covered. I won't go over it again to bore you guys. Um, but you can also join so um, our free private groups. Um, you can head over to Facebook and join our private Facebook club, which is the 100K Freelancer Club. Uh, and then we also have uh, a private Discord group, which you can get the link for uh, on the 100kfreelancerclub.com website. Uh, these are just free groups where we'll be giving free advice uh, and content to all of the freelancers uh, out there. And uh, it's also a little community, so you can discuss projects with each other, you can give each other advice. Uh, it's just a nice, safe space hmm. um, to be able to communicate with other freelancers, uh, you know, and you never know, you might need each other's skills. This is kind of it for the first episode. Obviously, later on in this podcast series, we'll be talking about some of the pros and cons, which we could do a whole episode on some of the benefits and some of the not so great things about being a freelancer, which is, of course, things you need to weigh up before you make that decision. But as Jacob said, you need to go and visit 100 100- K Freelancer Club. We will do everything we can to help you out on this journey because we've been through it. We know what it's like. It's tough. It really is tough. So we're going to try and help you as much as we can. We're going to get some great people on this podcast. So stay tuned to the podcast over the next few weeks and months because we're going to be trying getting some influencers from Instagram. We're going to be getting technology gurus. We're going to be getting broadcasting geeks. We're going to be getting everyone who we think can make a benefit to you and your small business on this podcast. But that's it for the first episode. Yep, we will catch you in the next episode in a week's time this will be a weekly podcast we'll catch you in a week's time yeah we'll do cheers jb that's jacob all the way from barcelona niall mccorn here from manchester where the sun is just setting and uh, it looks lovely can i just say that does it look better than barcelona that's the question so it's actually uh pretty much pitch black in barcelona because of all the rain clouds at the moment <laughs> it's, but, it's been um, pissing down <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> who would have thought that manchester was sunnier than barcelona but there we go there we have it thanks for listening to the 100k freelancer club podcast and hopefully you can join us on the journey so we'll see you in the next podcast see you later Adios.